You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you in part by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have your team looking as good as they play. Stop by their website, stingerwoodbats.com, today and get you the professional gear you're looking for. And use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. Returning from a three-week hiatus, we are here, we are back. I am EZD, as always, your main man with the plan, and I am joined by special guest host filling in for the incredibly busy gambit of co-hosts that I rotate through. Uh, I have Matt Johnson of the Two Point Conversation with me today. What is going on, Matt? Guys, yeah, good to hear from you, my man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, uh, I, I, appreciate I appreciate you filling it. in. Of course. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, Matt and I do the discussion topic uh, episodes on the two point conversation together. And uh, we've I was doing the the retro fantasy football league with those guys for a little bit when the discussion topics cooled off and my life got a little busy. So I had to step away from that. Looking forward to coming back to the fold with discussion topics when they pick back up. And in honor of that, this episode of hats, tats, and stats is going to be NFL discussion topics because why the hell not good time to do it. I mean, stuff's a little slow right now with the, with NFL. So uh, I I think just to kind of just summarize everything, I think it's the perfect idea. So thanks for having me back for this one. Oh, and I I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I appreciate you filling in. Uh, You know, we got bold claim Ben in the midst of spring football and, exams and finals and all kinds of craziness uh austin is working crazy hours because one of his people at work or something hurt themselves and so he's got to pick pick up the slack because there's only three of them now there's two i i don't know where taylor is he uh i'm assuming he's still alive but he uh we're not we're not positive on his location currently and um big diesel is coaching lacrosse and uh, you're working as well so uh, it's been a little hectic, and I appreciate you stepping in and filling the void here for me, my man. My pl- my absolute pleasure. Absolute pr- pleasure. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, so the discussion topics are all kind of all-encompassing a little bit for the some of the big stories and things that have happened this offseason. Uh, it's been a long time. We've had, a, in my opinion, one of the wildest off-seasons in in recent history, possibly ever. And uh, first and foremost, what are your free agency and pre-draft takeaways to this point? Oh, boy. To this point, I think my initial, I mean, I think we, it's already been stated, you know, at, at nauseum. But, uh, you know, the AFC West is obviously a, you know, the AFC West is obviously a superpower, you know, division. The AFC as an entire conference is a superpower um, conference. The NFC has gotten dramatically weaker i think um you know and uh, there's been some weird financial deals 
so to speak. And it's only going to, it's only going to get, you know, it's only going to get stranger. There's a lot of teams that have needed to take the step forward in free agency, you know, the, the legal tampering period, so to speak, um, that have not done it. And there's teams that did not need to do it that have taken full advantage of it and have gotten, you know, either solidified where they're at or gotten somehow significantly better, like your Buffalo Bills, you know, uh, amongst, amongst, you know, the, 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 some other teams that, of course, took big strides forward uh, throughout this entire period. You know, the Chargers I'm looking favorably upon, the Raiders, uh, Denver a little bit. I don't know if they've done it. I don't know if they've really done enough. The Broncos, I, I really don't know. I agree. Um, uh, you know, the, the Cincinnati's actually had a really good offseason, I think. Uh, you know, so far, Baltimore, those kind of teams are taking giant steps forward and, uh, you know, necessary steps forward. It's kind of just stay where they're at on top, and they're doing very well for themselves so far. On paper, those are some really good-looking teams right now. I'll tell you what, man, they – this offseason for teams has been feast or famine, it feels like. It feels like everyone's either going all in or going with the old school, like, oh, we'll get a guy or two here or there. We'll fill some depth and we'll draft some people and see what happens. And right. uh, that's that's one of my takeaways is that more and more teams are going with this shove the chips to the middle of the table, say we're all in. And we're going to find out real quick what happens when that doesn't work. You know, we Yeah. Return- Good. I think I think you have to at this point. I mean, the Rams broke the mold. Yeah, the Rams broke the broke the traditional team building mold, and you can see teams like uh, you know. I mean, Miami's been swinging for the fences too. I shouldn't discredit their offseason at all. They've really done a good job of roster building and making some dramatic signings and in in, in moves. But um, I think you have to. Like, traditional team building is it doesn't really. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it works. And, and not, it's not just the Rams that broke the mold who most of their stars, you know, uh, it, maybe not most, but a good portion of their, their big paid stars are not guys who came through, you know, were drafted by them or came up through their system. They're, you know, they go and acquire the best talent. Cincinnati, you know, is another one too. Uh, you know, has Cincinnati like really been building, you know, over the last couple of years, a, a, a long-term monster. Uh, they got some, they got obviously had some big, big breaks. They drafted perfectly yeah, uh, for that to kind of happen, but that was more so of an overnight thing. I don't think anybody gave Cincinnati a chance this past year, really heading into the season. And, you know, obviously they were the, one of the most surprising in, in electric teams in the AFC. Uh, but yeah, the traditional mold and, and there's a lot of these, these GMs that still think like, you know, you can really truly develop, long-term, you know, that through just strict through the draft and, and taking your time and in ro- roster building like that, it just doesn't work like that anymore. It just, it, 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 it really doesn't. I mean, and, and it can, but I mean, really there, are, like you said it best. The Rams Rams broke the mold. You know, they looked and said, here are some of the best players at each position. Let's go throw money at them. Let's go throw draft picks out the window because if you don't draft well, the draft doesn't work. And if you don't scout well, if you don't, if you don't hit on picks and there are teams that, you know, I, I can tell you that over the last, you know, four or five years, the bills have drafted very well. Right. Other, other teams don't, you know, the Patriots traditionally do not draft. Well, they end up getting 
uh, good production out of names that end up going elsewhere and doing nothing. So they get the most out of their players, but they don't draft well. There's not a whole lot of guys that like the Patriots have drafted that you're like, holy crap. I mean, I think all but no. two guys in the last five years that the Bills drafted are, are are currently not on an NFL roster, right? which is impressive. Yeah, uh, Brandon Bean's done a really good job of kind of just with both worlds, the best of both worlds, drafting and uh, making the necessary acquisitions. Uh, you know, I mean, that roster is just loaded top to bottom right now with, with, with all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things he, he's done, a, he's done a really good job of draft evaluating. I, I, I would dare so say, um, you know, some of these guys coming up, but yeah, you gotta, there's no like cut and dry, cut and dry thing, I guess at the moment, but, um, yeah, the, the Rams and Bills, uh, amongst several other teams, are just a really good spot, and they don't. I mean, it's not necessarily the traditional team building, right? The Bills, they needed. They're like, okay, we need wide receivers. All you know, just two years, two years ago, all three, you know, started starting wide receivers were people that the Bills did not home grow and develop. Correct, right? Stephon uh, Diggs, Cole Beasley. And John yeah, Brown, right. and now they got Gabe Davis, who's like a homegrown guy. But you know, a lot again, a lot of their talent is you know, a, a lot of their talent has been acquisitions from other teams. Right. I mean, so it, so then just like looking at that, you know, Mitch Morris came over from the Chiefs. Chiefs, right? You know, you had um, a lot of guys. You know, for a little while, Star Latulale was you know in the middle of the defensive line, anchoring that run defense. Was came from Carolina. Panthers, you know, now they. Yep. They've they've got a couple guys that they've pulled in now to bolster both offensive lines from different teams, and then yeah, Saffold from uh, Tennessee. I don't know. I don't know if he was drafted from there. Yeah, he wasn't drafted in Buffalo. We know that. Yeah, um, you know. But then you have you know your starting tight end, your number two, three, and probably four receivers are now all homegrown draftees. Your quarterback's a draftee. Your middle in or your uh, your your entire linebacking core most of your secondary outside of your safeties, but those two safeties are two of the best and you didn't draft them. Like, so right. they, they're, they're kind of, they're playing this mix and match game. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing comes together because I, like I, we talked about it at, you know, the last two couple of years, you know, how good the bills should be on paper and what they actually put out there. I mean, there are a lot of teams that are supposed to be really good last year that were middle of the pack. One of them, one of them this year you brought up is the dolphins. And this is one of the best takes I've, I've heard on this. The Dolphins have basically done what a lot of people, you know, a, a lot of guys come into the league, right? And we never figure out how good they really are because they're in a bad system or they're right. on a bad team. Tua is not going to be that guy because if you can't survive in this offense with these weapons, you're, you don't belong in the NFL. Correct. And he has the right, he has the right person around him, the right head coach, that Mike McDaniel, who, you know, is, is an offensive guru, uh, really, really well respected, good players coach. And I think he really knows how to get, he knows how to get creative. Um, you know, it, it's, it, I think it, it's the same for a lot of, a, a lot of things, you know, a lot of aspects though, is, is putting, you know, putting the right pieces around certain people and, and watching them, watching them excel. You know, I, I know it was, you know, there's been a big difference, but, you know, looking back to Josh Allen's rookie season there, you know, it was, it was bleak, 
And oh, then yeah. he, started, he started going to get help. Um, and he grew as they acquired more help and stuff. So it's, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, even the general, you know, these projected generational talents or these guys who you hope become franchise guys, it's all about the supporting system. It Absolutely. always is right. Brady, Brady boogied out of Tampa or uh, new England when the support system got bad. Yeah. Um, you got to have the right support system. It's, it's hard to be a good, a, a, you know, a, 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 how do I word this? A, the, the best version of yourself as a quarterback when your system is, is not, is, is not working for you. You know, uh, it, there's some guys who kind of shine through, right? The Kirk Cousins, hey, Kirk Cousins is a really good offense. I shouldn't say that, but um, there was times where Kirk was dealing really well in, in, in bad offenses with no weapons, you know, back to his Washington days. Derek Carr has been very, very productive despite a lot of the lack of help that he's had, um, you know, throughout most of his career. There's a lot of guys who have, have, have done that, um, you know, but it's all about having that right support, support system in, in, in place. And, and yeah, I mean, it, much like I said about Daniel Jones last year with the Giants, you know, this is, you know, this is the best offense you've had. You have to succeed in it. Yeah. I, I think it rings true for it rings true for Tua, you know, right now. And, and, you know, he, I, I think he's a fine quarterback. I know, you know, I know he's, you're not, he's not your biggest cup of tea. <laughs> um, uh, he throws one too many, too many interceptions for my take. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who I, I see just, you know, just shit on Tua. And, and there's, there's been a lot. I mean, that one quarter, the one offensive lineman, uh, you know, he's gone. He, the one who gave up the, the one where I think AJ Klein, like hurt Tua on that. Yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? He just blatantly just missed a, missed a block that ended up hurting, you know, Tua that, that stuff's out of place now, right? They got one, got Teron Armstead and, and amongst, amongst other things, they have a really good protective thing in, in place. Uh, it, it's all, it is ultimately a matter of, you know, can you win? And this year's got to be a good measuring stick of that. If they can find the way into the postseason, uh, I, you know, I, it, I believe amongst the, in, this may, in shark this infested may be, waters, they're going to be okay. I agree, and I, and I think this may be this may be my first hot take of the NFL season. If Tua doesn't succeed in Miami this year, he's done. Because how? Because if you can't get it done with the team that's around him right now, you're not going to get it done. You're, you're right. just not. Yeah, you, I mean, two is still young. He's he still has to show up to OTAs. He still has to show up to mini camp and all this stuff. He still, you know, he's gonna know the system by now. And uh, you know, it's Mike McDaniel's job to put a system in place where you know that benefits him. And, and yeah. he seems to he seems to get that right. McDaniel just went to like a luau thing for Tua. I thought that was the coolest thing that a, a head coach you hardly know him, and he's out there supporting his dudes. Like I, you know, I I, I think it. I, I really do think that it might be one of the better head coaching signings that could, that could really blossom into something. I agree. I, uh, my last, my last two, my only, my two other takes here are, I mean, Atlanta might be the worst team in football, but you can't, you can never discount the Jags who their, their second first round draft pick came out publicly and said, uh, you know, you never want to miss a season of your, of your career, but with how much of a mess last year was, if there's a season I was going to miss, I'm glad it was last year. Dude, you're, yeah. you have no seasons to compare it to. Like, <laughs> that's a dude who's never played in the NFL is happy he missed last season. That's how bad the Jags were. And Atlanta met, it may have taken over that, that, uh, that claim. 
Yeah, Jacksonville was. I mean, it's a mess. That I don't know what their GM is doing. They, them paying Christian Kirk, uh, and I'm a I'm a guy who like you know get paid, play pay the players. Oh hell yeah! Name, you know the NFL makes billions off of their name and likeness and and their physical. You know they're they're literally their bodies pay these dudes, but um, at the same time, it's like they they overspent. I mean, Zay Jones should not be. Uh, Zay Jones, based on NFL paying criteria, is not a $10 million a year wide receiver. And Christian Kirk is not a – I know it's it's a little – the numbers are a little you know skewed, but he's not an 18. He has done nothing to show that he is an 18 to $21 million a year wide receiver. I mean, these are two dudes that have never been higher than number two on a depth chart. Right. And Zay Christian Jones Kirk, was number two to an yeah. overweight Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> That like the monster awesome. that ate Kelvin Benjamin was the number one receiver in Buffalo when Zay Jones was here. <laughs> Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Right. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And like Zay, like. Did okay in LA or Oakland, wherever you wanted to say he was playing. See, he didn't even do okay though. He had like one good game. He had like one or two good, good games. Yeah. He had and- splash highlights at best. And which is exactly what Christian Kirk did being the number, wait, three receiver. Most of his time, almost all of his time in Arizona. Yeah, I don't even think he's crossed. I don't, I don't, I'm just double checking right now. He has not even crossed a thousand yards receiving yet. He had a, a very good catch radius in, in 2021, but like his most touchdowns in the year, 2020, six touchdowns. You know, uh, last year he almost hit a thousand yards. And, and, and that's keep in mind too, in a year where, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was hurt for the back, you know, three quarter, not three quarters, excuse me, back, I think quarter of the season, maybe half. Uh, and you know, it, it, stats aren't everything, but you know, you're, if you're a wide receiver too, you got to step up. They were, I mean, right. Chuck, it, I think that, that Isabella kid, Zach Ertz was doing well. There's a couple other guys in, in Arizona that were doing well off, but I, I just, I, I mean, mean that's, AJ green was doing well when he wasn't yeah, AJ banged green up. Did fine. Right. Um, and you, those numbers you are, are irrelevant and got paid. Seriously. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. No, good for I mean, good for the players. But as far as Jacksonville goes long term, I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I really don't know unless they're going the, the less need route for the Rams. And just again, just salary cap. What's that? Um, right. You figure it out as you kind of go along. I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. And I mean, the, it, so it's going to be the AFC has the train wreck. And the NFC has the little loop football team in Atlanta. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta needed it though. They needed it. That needed to happen. Yeah. Hard reset. The, the only the, like it just it sucks that you're gonna waste the first probably three or four years of Kyle Pitt's career with this full tilt rebuild. Yeah. No, most certainly. I mean, they, there's a chance they get their their guy in the draft this year. I think that I I really do think that Atlanta's going to take a quarterback. Cool, they're going to get a, EJ Manuel 2.0. <sighs> Possibly. Uh, you know what? I, some of these quarterbacks that we've been doing some film study on and just kind of watching along, and I know that it's not the big name draft that it was last year, but there's some decent talent there. And depending on where, you know, what Atlanta decides to do. This is this might be a really good draft for them to go grab a quarterback. I honestly think three quarters of the the NFC South are going to end up getting quarterbacks at this going into like in this draft, and they're all going to clear out within the what the top half, right? So, 
which uh, actually brings us to discussion topic number two, which is going to be QB talk. Uh, the most recent news is Derek Carr's three-year extension. I believe you mentioned it at, the, at some point in our last uh, last topic there. Uh, and he is the latest of a few guys that either got moved and or got paid. Um, so what, his is a three-year, $102 million extension, I believe I saw. Yeah, I, I woke I literally just seen it probably about an hour ago and I was going to pick up my wife from work, but because um, I, I was sleeping when it was announced, but I was like, whoa, like that's that's crazy. Like, goddamn. Uh, but he deserves it because he is that guy. He is that good. Sorry, Derek Carr. If you got, you know, I, I know everybody likes to attribute wins as a QB stat, which I think is a terrible, just terrible thing to strictly base. And I think there's a lot, it's a lot more layered than that. Derek Carr's been fine. All right. Last year, he was top five in passing yards. All right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know he was for the better portion. If he slipped out, you know, that could have happened, but Derek Carr's really good. Sorry. You know, he's the, he's the, he's the face. You pay a guy like that, not only for his talent, but for being a leader. So uh, the leader that he is, and he had a lot of leading to do last season. You sure We've did. Seen it. I mean, there were, you're you're ta- you're talking about a a franchise whose best receiver is their tight end, and then beyond that, after what was it week four when the whole thing went down, uh, he yeah, didn't have yeah the rugs thing. Yep. Like after that, he didn't really have a receiving core to speak of. He had two good running backs. Neither one of them could stay healthy. They had two good defensive ends, or yeah, two good defensive ends, and a room full of safeties that again are all talented but can't stay on the field. And that's pretty much their team. And this dude went out and balled and kept them relevant in a very tough division all year. Tough division. I mean, decent conference service. I mean, I, I know it didn't seem like it at the end of the year, but there was really good teams that there uh, teams that were possibly potentially deserving of a playoff spot that just missed the cut. Right. Last year. I know. I, I know at the very end, like it didn't seem like it. Cause like Indy su- sucked at the end of the year, Baltimore stunk at the end of the year. There might have been one other. I mean, Miami was really close too. Um, they had a nice middle of the season run, but um, you know, but they they stayed afloat in a very very tough, uh, very tough conference and division. I mean, obviously the Chargers too. Duh, um, you know they, they stayed afloat and they won games. And honestly, they're a player two away from winning. You know, beating Cincinnati in that wild card round. Yeah, it's not like they went and got manhandled by by Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Right. And we're, we're talking about a team that looked pretty content to take a tie in week 17 and, and, and limp in that way. Right. Like that's, that's what that looked like. Or was it, were they not in that game? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm confusing myself, but I mean, that, that's a team that again, up until week 17, wasn't sure they had a playoff spot and almost knocked off at the team that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They like, were almost a top eight team in the National Football League based yeah. on final standings. Top eight. So, um, yeah, the Raiders are in a good spot. That was a good signing. We knew it was coming. I want a car in, in Indianapolis, but uh, he's a lifer there. I mean, I, you can't get rid of it. And I just read a nice quote, too, um, about it. He structured his, uh, according to, let's see, where's the tweet? Um, anyways, he he structured his deal um, to keep people around. So it's, it's a really good deal. He said he learned his lesson last time when he signed a mega uh, his, his deal, 
and Khalil Mack had to go. And he goes, I don't, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to push people away. I want, I want people to, to, to be able to afford to be able to stay, get paid and stay. So that's, that's the kind of guy that Carr is. Absolutely. Uh, the next one, I mean, so we had the, uh, I mean, you, you were talking about, you mentioned your Colts and how you wanted Carr to go there and you ended yeah. up getting Matt Ryan instead. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I love it. I do. Uh, it's not enough to convince me that the Colts are contenders at all this year, but I do like the move. I think Matt Ryan's a fine quarterback. He's one of those guys who, uh, like I was referring to earlier, you know, people perceive him because the Falcons have been bad over the last couple of years. Like they, they perceive him in a negative light because of how bad the Falcons have been. Uh, when you look at the way his system has changed, his coaching has changed, his coordinators, the defense has been his, you know, historically bad. Even that Super Bowl year, they were still bad. Uh, they, they, they were, they were terrible. They, they really were. You know, when you have had a defensive-minded head coach and, and you still can't get the right pieces in place to have a decent defense, you, you have to. So, um, you know, it, franchise guy, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was for Atlanta. Yes, undoubtedly so. But, again, this is one of those things where you have to take the pressure off your quarterback, all right, especially when you don't have the pieces around him to help him, you know, to, to help him come up with those clutch moments, right? Julio hasn't been the same dude in the last two, three years. They shipped him Oh, God, out. no. Um, Calvin Ridley stepped up, you know, that was good. But again, last year you didn't have Calvin Ridley. He, he went away. Uh, your number one, you know, your number one receiving targets were Kyle Pitts. Who's a rookie. He had a, he had a, a pretty solid year, uh, Cordero Patterson, which was good. And, but your wide receiving core was, uh, Olamide or Alameda. It's Alameda. I just found that out. Yeah. Alameda is a keyist and Russell Gage. And, you know, those guys aren't. On nobody's final fan, or final fan, fantasy football. <laughs> uh, I just did video games with Andrew about it, uh, two hours ago, so I'm in that mood. Uh, but they're in like nobody's like fantasy lineup, like fantasy football lineup. Those guys aren't. Oh God, know. no. The the only two people worth a fantasy football pick on those two teams were Cordell Patterson, who's a gadget player now, and Kyle Pitts, who usually when your tight end is the best play, like the best receiving threat on your team, you're the Baltimore Ravens. Typically, uh, and, you know, Kyle Pitts is talented. You know, he's, he's versatile. You can, you can put him on go routes. You can put him on deep, you know, uh, just deep routes, but you know, guys like Travis Kelsey, you know, some of the better tight ends uh, like Travis Kelsey and stuff, they're really good for that mid range kind of thing that mid to intermediate, that short to intermediate like passing game. So yeah. with Pitts, that uh, Pitts, they, they were sending him on go routes. He, Matt Ryan hit him on like a, a, a deep ball, like a, I think in London or something like that. They played, right. uh, I forgot who they, it might've, who was it? It might've been 10. No, it wasn't Tennessee, but anyways, they, they were playing in London and, and yeah, that happened. So, but no, I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm cool with Matt Ryan, but the Colts haven't done enough to, 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 to help him. Like I, whatever you had seven pro bowlers last year. But this team also does not have a fifty-three, a full fifty-three man roster yet. So right? I I think this is gonna be a good a good move for Matt Ryan. And I think it's a good move for the Colts because they do have a solid running game. You know, that that defense I think is better than it got credit for. I think your offensive line is 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 pretty darn good. Uh, they let some they let some good bets, good good pieces walk away. They're putting right. way too much faith in unproven starters right now. It's not good. <laughs> it's it's I really don't 
they're in one of those Chris Ballard is, is the guy who's stuck in those old ways and it drives gotcha. me absolutely insane and I hate it. And, and people just like, they're okay with it. They think that Chris Ballard's some genius because, you know, he made a couple good trade moves, but listen, you don't have enough draft picks to fill a roster this year. Right. Right. You don't have enough draft picks. You don't have a first and a third, which is so tough first- because, that that first overall pick, your, your first round pick could go really far toward a pretty deep receiving class to help out your quarterback kind of bolster that receiving room. Yep. And they don't have it because of the Carson Wentz deal last year, which I still think was awful. They got the most out of Washington, yeah, but I don't know. But overall, the the I, I don't I I'm not the Colts are not a top, they're not a playoff team, like on paper. They're not we just did uh excuse me, we just did like a just for fun power rankings thing, like, you know, in top eight for each conference. And I don't have the Colts in a top eight. Like I, the Matt Ryan, again, the Matt Ryan signing is exciting. I like good name quarterbacks. I like good proven quarterbacks. I can't wait for his Jersey to get here, but the Colts overall as a unit, they're not there. They're not right. even close. They're not close. There was the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers debacle started last year where it was his, his one year final hurrah with green Bay, his farewell tour to the pack and the cheese heads and all this other crap. And then, you know, he was immunized, but not vaccinated and all this other stuff. And every, you know, everyone thought Rodgers was gone there, you know, his wink to Tomlin in Pittsburgh, there was, you know, rumor of him talking to Elway and going to Denver and Aaron Rodgers signed a contract with the Packers. And about a week later, his top receiver decided to go <laughs> elsewhere, which I think is hilarious. Uh, what's your take on that one? Uh, you know, I've been a longtime defender of Aaron Rodgers for a lot of things, but for, for a lot, a, a lot of aspects, but he signed that knowing football that Devontae Adams probably wasn't coming back. Right. And I mean, Again, get your bag, homie, you know, uh, as the kids like to say it these days. But I don't know. I, I Good for him for being a lifer. You know, I thought he was changing the culture last year. But uh, there's still going to be a good team. But Rodgers has to elevate people yeah, he, I mean, he, for, by NFC standards right oh, now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, like this, this dude looked at the NFC and their quarterback situation and went, all right, so I'll make it to the NFC Championship game again, and I just got to hope that someone knocks off the Rams in route. <laughs> I mean, when he signed that, Brady wasn't around. Right. right? They were they were looking at Kyle Trask and maybe one, one or two, you know, a couple guys, but nobody. Uh, Tampa was, wasn't going to start anybody. So, you know, it, for Green Bay, it was, uh, I don't know. And Rodgers likes getting paid. And again, good, good on him. Absolutely. But. but at the same time, it's like, bro, you got nobody to throw to now. And like, and the, he, your your biggest complaint about your front office is that they don't get you people to throw to. So now what, bud? Yeah, and I think they have. I think they have two picks. Like, I think they have two first round picks. If I'm not mistaken, they should go wide receiver for both of them. They're personally, gonna, they're they're going to go running back and defensive tackle. <laughs> they got they have 22 and 28 right now and i i they should take wide receiver with both of those picks because of how starving they are for them right they don't have they have randall cobb <laughs> ooh, ooh. uh and randall cobb hasn't been 
you know, a top wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver one anywhere. No. And he hasn't been relevant since the first time he was on that roster. Right. And he benefited from Jordy Nelson being healthy. Right. You, you know, Randall, Randall Cobb's like a dude, just Miss Schuster where I don't think you can trust them to be number one, but you know, they just, you know, they got Robert Tunyon, Robert Tunyon had one good year. Um, Hey, they need wide receiver help, but Green Bay will totally draft like two quarterbacks in the first round <laughs> and do nothing to help just, Aaron Rodgers. Just, just to pull this, the old, uh, the old Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin to, yeah. to their guy that they just paid millions and millions of dollars to. Take Malik Willis at 22 and then Desmond Ritter at 28 or something. Right. I just One uh, of them's got to hit, right? One of them's got to be your next man up. <laughs> Yeah, have a, do have four quarterbacks on the roster, and you know them, Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and just that would be a very Green Bay move. I, we're all, I mean, we're joking, obviously, but but it would um, also be a very Green Bay move. It would, it would. But uh, last but not least, on the QB talk here, uh, there have been it, it's it's coming out that in Denver, I and I quote, the juice is just different now that Russell Wilson is there playing quarterback yawn yeah i i think it's a i mean it's probably a slight downgrade or even you might even consider it a lateral move as far as his receiving core goes oh i think it's way worse i think it's a downgrade so? oh my god yeah it absolutely absolutely there's nobody like dk metcalf on that roster sorry yeah, i my and, and I I like DK and I I DK has panned out to be a better player than I ever thought he would. As far as my, I mean top five receivers, he's not in my top five. Um, no, I don't think that either receive either the big two in Denver is either. Um, but I guess that's my point. Like nobody's nobody's that fast. Nobody's that big. Okay, you have guys who are that fast. You have guys who are that big, but you don't have the combo. But as far as a, a an overall receiving talent, I'm and maybe that this is probably just because I haven't watched a ton of his of him playing because he's on the other coast in the other conference, so I don't see him a ton. You know, you just see the highlights, but I I don't see him being that. Oh my god! I mean, there's days he just disappears, and your top guys don't do that. There's a there's a lot of guys. There are a lot of games where Russ disappears. We just had this discussion. Um, on for Monday's episode, we did a what if you know the the Seahawks sent you know Marshawn on the one year yeah. line, and we just we discussed this. I'm, I'm like, is you know is has Russ really done enough to be a Hall of Famer? Has he really done that? I mean, he's a big name, obviously, and he's a I think he's a very great quarterback. I don't want to take anything away from that, but. Has he really done enough to be like, is he, is he a lock for the hall of fame right now? Like right this second, you know, he had once, you know, he had once one Super Bowl victory, two appearances, which are great, but we all know that a lot of that was carried by the Legion of boom by the Shermans and Bobby Wagner's and stuff like that. Oh, sure. You know, Russell had, you know, played great. There's no doubt about it, but since that defense is gone, He's taken bigger contracts, bigger and bigger contracts, but his team hasn't gotten out of the divisional round. And I didn't realize this before either. Since that that loss to the Patriots in Super Bowl 49, they've only won the division twice. Right. You know, when it, it's I, I don't know. And again, these wide receivers in Denver, 
you know, Corlin Sutton was supposed to be something, you know, great. You know, I was looking forward to it. They just extended him and he's, he's literally has done nothing. Um, he, he's done nothing. Jerry Judy, talented, but he can't stay healthy. Right. You traded it. You sent Noah Fant to Seattle. All right. Noah Fant's a big body dude. He's another one who he has health issues, but he's not bad. Uh, <laughs> Imagine being that guy though. Hey man, did you hear Russell Wilson's coming to Denver? Sweet. Yeah, but you're going to Seattle. God damn it. <laughs> Oh yeah, and Drew Locks your quarterback again. Motherfucker. Right. I quit. I quit. I, I would retire. Be, I would be what, what are the dolphins doing? I retire. <laughs> that would be a wrap for me. So um yeah, I, I don't know if Russ is I mean, again, they, they got some good pieces on defense. I know they added Randy Gregory at the end. I think they added maybe one or two other another big signing. But offensively, they're very flat. They have, you know, Javante Williams is probably their best offensive weapon that he's a second year running back. He did right. really good last year, splitting reps with Melvin Gordon. Um, but it's his team now. He's the bell cow. Gordon's gone as of right now. So I, I don't know. I don't really know how much of a needle mover that Russ is with that Denver team. But I, it, the, the head coach quarterback, you know, connection is going to be exciting with Hackett. So I think he uh I mean he's very obviously an upgrade from what they had. Hundred percent However, I like, and this is going to be your tell of, you know, how, how good is Russell Wilson really? I mean, this is a better defense than he, this is the, this is a defense that's closer to the Legion of Boom than it is the defense he just played with. Right. But, you know, again, yeah, like just simply from a physical attribute standpoint, I do agree. It is a, it is a step down from DK, Um, you know, and again, DK does disappear from time to time. And it's, it always seemed like the days that he disappeared, Tyler Lockett showed up for the first time in three weeks, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if these two can do that. I don't know if one can show up one week, the other can show up the other week, or if this is just going to be what could have been with talent. But uh, I I'm intrigued to see how this goes because they, people in Denver are comparing it to the quote unquote, the same feel as it was when Peyton came and they had a guy who'd done it before and who'd been there and who could take them back to the mountain. Of course. I mean, like I said, Russell is that that big name, but his trade off essentially was everything that he didn't have in Seattle. He has in Denver. But everything that he did have in Seattle, he doesn't have in Denver. Correct. And what I mean by that is his offensive line is better. His defense is better, you know, than he's had the last couple of years. But the, the receivers, I, I don't dig. Yeah. You know, we're going to work. This, this is a, you know, just like we said, it is for two, uh, just like we said, it is for a lot of people. This is a litmus test as far as who Russell Wilson is as a quarterback. I, I, I you know what I mean? Where, where he's at, he's what's his story. Is it, he hasn't had one or he's only had one MVP vote his entire career, Something um, like that, yeah. you know, and there's a lot, there's a lot of factors, right? It, it's the, it's, it's the QB, you know, wins the win stat, you know what I mean? Which is a, a bullshit standard, but you know, what, what is, you know, there's a lot of factors going to this, but what has Russ really truly done Yeah. since what, those, what since those leads, since that Super Bowl loss, what, what has the Seahawks, what have the Seahawks done? What has Russell Wilson accomplished? And I think it says a lot, really good touchdown INT ratio, you know, that he's got that going for him, but you know, shows that he plays relatively safe ball, but I don't know. I've seen, I've seen one too many, you know, just epic collapses yeah. uh, on his end. He has three seasons above 4,000 yards passing, which aren't bad. 
Um, I mean, his 2020 season was was awesome, but it collapsed. It got really bad after that Buffalo game. Um, yeah, 292 to 87 touchdown INT ratio. But again, yeah. there's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's definitely going to be interesting to see this season. And really, that's why we're sitting here talking about it, right? Because if it wasn't interesting, we wouldn't care. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, the quarterback, the quarterback situation as a whole for every team is worth talking about. And this stems us into topic number three uh, the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson debacle. Uh, <laughs> Baker came out today and said that he feels very disrespected, uh, that he feels as though they came out and said they would do one thing and uh, did the complete opposite as far as the team goes and him and everything else. And, you know, I, what the whole thing was weird hearing. I mean, this was a story that captivated the the free agency period. Deshaun is in on the is in on the Browns. Nope, the Browns are out. It's between these two teams. Deshaun's going to the Browns. And now because they know he he may have to sit the season out, they only signed like they they signed him and his first year is only a million dollar contract so he doesn't crush them his first season when he may not play. Yeah. This whole thing is a shit show. It's bad. I mean, we're seeing the reverberating effects from the Deshaun Watson thing everywhere. Right. Matt Ryan left Atlanta because they were going the Deshaun Watson route, you know, um, in whether I mean, Cleveland's lucky, I guess, in a sense, as far as their QB room goes, that they did get Watson. But Baker was wanted out regardless if they got him or not. Right. I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know Watson got paid a mega, you know, a mega deal, $230 million fully guaranteed, which is insane. Like it's, it's insane, but uh, Cleveland is not a, I don't believe that a place like Cleveland is even a consideration. If Baker Mayfield didn't help elevate the team and and put it where it's at, you know, I get it. Football's a business, right? Uh, You know, KC was pretty, middling until Alex Smith came along and then Alex Smith was the ultimate transition quarterback to, to Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, Baker Baker's had a rough there. He's, he's, he's definitely had it. He's, he's had a rough Uh, injuries, head coach, offensive coordinator changes, um, you know, but he, he has elevated Cleveland to be this, this destination. And the the Watson thing is just, you know, it's, it, in my, it, it's such a terrible look for the franchise. Like, I know so you, plenty of people who rightfully give up their their season tickets. Yeah, and I mean, I know that the, like, and, that, and that's another whole thing is this whole thing with Deshaun Watson and what he went through in the media shit show and like the, the 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 legal side of it, not just the civil side, but the legal side of it isn't even over yet. And they went and got this dude, and then they gave him this huge contract, and the dude might still serve time. And uh, it's it's certainly it's certainly possible. And um, you know, the, like you said, the fans as a whole are jumping ship. I mean, I know there was a lot of a lot of Cleveland fans that were out there, like, "Oh, what do I got to do to join Bills Mafia now?" As long as Watson's on this team, I'm not a Browns fan. Like, there's been a lot of that, and I don't care. I I, I don't. This doesn't. I mean, if we if we were fans of a team because of the moral character of the players on the team, nobody should be a pro sports fan. 
Yeah. Everybody's done questionable stuff. Um, you know, but they do say it's, it's going to be bumpy at first, but if, if, if Watson does win, it's going to be out the window and all those fans who said they were going to leave. It's a lot of talk. Everybody just talks. They like to talk for likes and, and, you know, tweet likes and retweets and stuff like that. But clickbait, uh, like clickbait, but like John Madden used to say, you know, I I do that about the Colts all the time. And I hope I'm wrong every single time. But uh, John Madden used to say that winning is the best deodorant. And uh, if, if Watson does elevate that team, you know, he does play, they're going to forget about it. It's, it's going to be kind of looked out until, until he messes up, (laughs) you know, uh, Mike Vick for his awful, awful, awful as the things that he he did, you know, with the dog fighting stuff. Uh, nobody really, there was a lot of teams that didn't want him coming out of the gate. Um, and he was very selective, but he went to Philadelphia. They had this dream team together and all of a sudden, you know, all is forgiven. Right. Um, it was Andy Reid's pretty much last stand. And that's yeah. just how, it's just how people function. Um, so if Watson does somehow elevate them, you know, uh, to a better place, uh, I don't know if it could be truly forgiven, but it'll be forgotten. Yeah. If he doesn't serve some type of punishment for this, it'll be swept under the rug as soon as he starts winning football games again. And really at the end of the day, that's the name of the game, right? They don't ask how they ask how many, right? So it's true. Uh, and you know, it's, it shows, I mean, we've always known that the moral compass of the National Football League has been questionable at best, but, you know. At, at it, least what, 50 what, degrees off true north, for sure. <laughs> but, like, when a guy like Matt Ryan, who's the ultimate family man, just good person, never hear a bad thing about him, uh, and you want to replace him with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not as appreciated here, or maybe it is time to move on, right? I mean, he could have stayed. He legitimately could have stayed, but. He's like, I got to go. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I am in the camp that Deshaun Watson is probably not probably before this whole thing. And before sitting out a year, cause we know how much rust can, can impact a player and not playing, not practicing, not being on the field yeah. and have its impacts before this whole debacle. I not only said that Deshaun Watson was the top five quarterback, but he was probably overall the best overall quarterback in the NFL. You name anything that any of the guys that you would consider top five can do. And Watson can not only do it, but he can do it all. Uh, And then you hear this dude talk about diagnosing defenses and stuff. And I feel like I'm sitting in a chalk talk with a coach. Oh, it's great. Very knowledgeable. But I mean, look at his. He was the passing yards leader in 2020. With the worst like roster on the field around him. Yep. Correct. Right. I mean, Brandon Cook's hit or miss guy. Will Fuller, we all know how hit or miss he is. Um, but throw into, you know, just just not great players like Nico Collins and, and, right. and all these, these guys who, again, going to the fantasy thing, they're probably not in your lineup. And he still won it. it. You know, everybody likes to crap on Jameis. He had his 5,000-yard season, 30 for 30. But also Jameis was throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and these pieces. Deshaun Watson was, was literally throwing to nobody <laughs> you know it, it's they may, not good they may as well have just been trash cans on golf carts at that point because they were that irrelevant right. <laughs> and he did it well i mean uh and so i mean this is a shot in the arm for this cleveland team if everything pans out the right way 
Um, where does Baker go? What, what, like if, if, so if, if you're Baker Mayfield and they say, all right, listen, Deshaun's going to have to sit out this year. You're the guy for one more season. Do you say, go, do you say no? Or do you go out there and try to ball out to get yourself a job next year? Oh, that's a tough position. I know how petty I am. And I, I would know how petty I am too. I would purposely throw games. And here's, so here's my thing. I, but you, you're, you're never getting signed again. Nobody's going to watch if you do that. Right. So like, I'm never getting signed again if I do it. And at the same token, like, okay, we go out, we lose a bunch. I'm helping them because I'm getting them a better draft pick for next year, which is just going to help the team get better for when this other jackass takes over for me. So do I want to go out and win and do my best and then hope I get a job next year and hope that, you know, and I put them behind the eight ball or do I prove that like this dude is going to step into a good roster because if I can do it, then he does better. It shows how much better he, he is than I am. It's a very dicey situation. It's it's weird. They put Baker in a tough spot. Um, and the thing that drives me nuts, too, is like Baker, uh, you know, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't think. Guys want you to, you know, fans, stuff, people, players, teammates, coaches, they want you to play hurt, um, you know, to because you give them the best chance to win. But at the same time, if you go out there and you are hurt and you're not playing up to snuff, uh, fuck you. You're, yeah. you, don't, you know, it's like that, you know, F you, you don't deserve to be our quarterback. Get out of town. It's, it's, it's one of those things. And, uh, you know, Baker went through it all. He's been through it, literally seen everything just about his four years in, in, in Cleveland. Um, the, I do have a feeling that they haven't moved him because one, they picked up the fifth year option and two, cause they really do believe that Deshaun's going to get suspended and they don't want to roll out with Jacoby Brissett. Probably. Uh, and you know, as like, what an insult, <laughs> right? Oh, I'd be so mad. I'd be heated. I'd yeah. be heated. Literally, Cleveland football was in the you know abyss uh, until Baker showed up and did what he could. He gave them their first winning season in like two years. Oh, oh no, the first winning season overall that twenty twenty year was like first time in a very long time. But yes, you know, actually stringing together more than one or two wins in a season or zero wins for that matter. Uh, Baker was the guy. He was the yeah. guy, and he had it was an uphill battle the entire way. So, yeah, and you know the the end of last season for Baker, and even probably a little bit more the season before too, uh, reminds me of the scene from The Longest Yard where Paul Crew is like running around, has his helmet ripped off, and he's just kind of trying to do it himself. And he walks over to the team, and he's like, Are "We good now? Can we play football?" And instead of the team being like, "All right, we're good," they're like, "Nah, dude." No. <laughs> and he's just like, what, what, but I did everything. And then some, and they're like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's what this feels like. Yeah. It's uh, I don't envy Baker, but he has a very important personal decisions to make very much so. uh, going forward. Cause like I said, if, if you act out, I mean, he's already has it, people don't want him because of attitude stuff. Like he was talking about wanting to go to the Colts. The Colts didn't want him because of his attitude and they had just dealt with Carson Wentz. So that, that, that you know, that was the thing that they didn't want to do, but um, so you already got that going against you, but it, you know, it football is about, you know, it's those signings. It's about leadership and it's about putting your team in a position to win. And, uh, you know, the, they're not going to take a chance if, if what's wrong, if something goes wrong with your head coach, you're going to throw games and stuff just to kind of just tank the franchise and mess it up. Right. I don't want to pay that guy new no. QB one money right now. So. Sure. Don't. 
So that's going to move us to discussion topic number four. This one should be fairly quick. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a new thing that's happening in the world of sports, uh, specifically the NFL. Uh, we hear about it a lot and it's players using social media to help their cause for contract negotiations and playing with fan speculation. We've seen it a lot. Uh, Kyler Murray did it last year. I believe it was where these guys go in and they just, they scrub their social media accounts, right? Any picture of them with their team is gone. Any post referencing their team is deleted. You know, the team hashtags, the team profile is out of their Twitter bio and all that stuff. Um, in your opinion, is this something that is necessary or is this just like, is this a, a, just a, now a new modern trope of professional sports? Uh, I think as we go into the more digital age, we're going to see a lot more of it. Debo Samuel just did it very recently. And now they're talking contract negotiations. Um, the th- ultimate thing about social media for the player perspective is that it gives those players a direct voice to the fan base to kind of let them know what's going on. I think one of the biggest, you know, things that one of the biggest perceptions for the longest time, and I know that people turn on players, you know, they, they always have turned on certain players, certain coaches and stuff like that, but it gives, it gives players the option to be like, be transparent about like what's going on. Um, be transparent to save face a little bit. Sometimes it, it you know, it backfires, you know, uh, we, we've seen that happen. Antonio Brown has tried to save face many times and he just somehow looks like a bigger asshole every time he says something, but, uh, <laughs> but Which is impressive. I try to do it. It doesn't always work, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the, the day and age that we live in, right. You know, guys aren't holding out They're you know, they're ramping up and, and fans, you know, social media has a big, big power over professional sports. Now that I, I don't think a lot of people have talked about you and I talked about it once as a discussion topic, but, um, fans and they're how vocal they are play a big factor into this. If you see, if your favorite team is the Arizona Cardinals right now, right. And Kyler Murray, who we know has limitations, some limitations, he's a damn good quarterback, but his health is a big concern and stuff like that. All that aside, you have not had a franchise quarterback since probably Kurt Warner. If you can even call it that, you know, Carson Palmer did pretty good his couple seasons. I get that. Um, but you dealt with a lot of shit. But Kyler Murray is your homegrown dude. You drafted him. You drafted him to be the future of the franchise. And he plays really good football. Um, and he's also made, just much like a Baker Mayfield, he's made your, your city and football team relevant. And he's holding out. You know, you're going to be on Arizona's ass to pay that dude and make do whatever you have to do to make him stay. Uh, from what I hear, the ownership in Arizona is not very good and they're very cheap. And I think right. we all kind of realize that even though, you know, they did a good job of honoring Larry Fitzgerald's loyalty to, you know, the franchise, they've done a good job of keeping him there for his entire career. Larry Fitzgerald could have walked away and went to a Patriots or wherever he wanted to go at any point. Um, but yeah, you know, Kyler did it. And from what I heard is that, uh, you know, he's, they're going to, do they're going to extend him they're going to get him his guaranteed money uh which is that's if you're a player you want that guaranteed money it's that's that's the biggest thing getting that guaranteed money you know locks you in and you know i understand the hesitancy of owners 
you know, when a guy like Kyler, who's been hurt, I think every year (laughs) in some former fashion, he's been hurt, you know, injured, missed a game or two, uh, just about every single season he's been in. But at the same time, Kyler has got to get, you know, got to get what he wants, um, get what he needs. But, but he also knows how cheap the, the Cardinals owner is apparently, and this was a big story uh, a couple months ago that the Cardinals owner did not want to pay playoff bonuses to the coaches um, because of how bad their performance was. This is <laughs> McAfee reported on it. Like, and coaches aren't protected by a players, by a union, right? Coaches are our team employee, like straight up team employees uh, where they, you know, they're kind of like that, that boss at your job who, He's there. He takes, he deals with all the union people, but he also takes, you know, his, his orders come from the top who are not affiliated with the union. So right. that's where the coaches are. But yeah, I don't know if they ever got paid some of those guys. Wow. That's tough. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I think, I think you hit the nail on the head here on the topic where like, you know, what, why do you, if you're one of these guys, why do you go in and scrub your social media? It's to get the fans in an uproar. Hey, I'm one of the best players in my position. Bottom line, even if I'm a guy like Kyler Murray, who's probably near the top 10. I mean, I say top 10. I say top 10 is fair. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's near, and I would say, I would say he's probably near the bottom of that top 10, but you know, and there's, there is, in my opinion, a significant difference between number 10 and number five, but there's also an even bigger difference between number 15 and number 10. So if I'm a fan of this team and this dude scrubs all his social media and makes no reference to the team at all anymore, I'm going to be up in arms like, dude, do not lose. I mean, we can't find 32 competent quarterbacks. Do not lose one of the good ones. Like, right. Know, and, and, and that, and that is what, that's honestly why I think they do. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, yeah, it, it is true. There, you know, it, this is another discussion I've been having lately too. You know, everybody likes to bring up NFL expansion and stuff. I'm like, they can't fill 32 good rosters of people and let alone, I mean, look at these teams that are in quarterback purgatory. Um, You know, the jets are still struggling who knows what Zach Wilson's going to become. Uh, Carolina's in quarterback purgatory right now, Atlanta, uh, the Colts. I mean, they, they found the, the needle in the haystack with, with Matt Ryan, but they weren't, you know, they weren't in a good spot in long-term. They might still not be, but there's a lot of teams who struggle with that quarterback position. And we all know Arizona is notorious for that. You know, uh, I won't even say that Kurt Warner was a franchise guy. I won't even say he was an, he was an aging veteran who came in and held it down. He was supposed to help out Matt liner, but he held it down for a couple of years. And then he's like, okay, I'm done. Their last like legitimate franchise quarterback, you know, might be like Jim Hart from way back in the day. Uh, I know they put a lot of stock in Jake Plummer for a little while, but they, they that quarterback position has long eluded uh, a solid court QB one has long eluded the Arizona Cardinals. So I, I get that you 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 know and players know that too. They're they're aware. Of course they, they know are. what people say. So rile up the fan base. You know, uh, rile them up. You know, have them boycott if they you know threaten <laughs> <laughs> the boycotts all their season tickets. It's literally. I mean, it's it's. It's all about it. Football right now is all about public perception. Yeah. You know, it's all about public perception. If, if you can, you know, get the public on your side, you're going to get your way. Uh, we see that with, with a lot of, uh, with a lot of things, with a lot of players, a lot of, a lot of aspects of football. Well, and that's going to stem us into discussion topic. Number five, uh, we are part of that public, you know, we are part of that, uh, that 
that overarching fan base that the NFL as a whole has. Uh, we're going to play a little bit, a little game called Do You Care? Uh, I, I stole this from uh, a, a radio show that I get to listen to on Saturday mornings when I'm doing some processing for a an actual radio show that I work on. Uh, and I, I really enjoy this concept and it's called, do you care? I'm going to give you a topic. And really the question is, do you care and why or why not? Uh, so recently there has been a lot of talk about, I can't believe we're going to talk about him on the show. I said, I never would, but here we are. Uh, Colin Kaepernick working out at, I believe it was Michigan's pro day throwing with receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been working with him. He's been seen working with like Tyrod Taylor and a couple other guys. And even he's even come out, uh, whether it was actually him or his agent and said he is willing to take a backup role as a quarterback in the NFL because he wants to play. Colin Kaepernick is back in the news, back on social media platforms, being uh, promoted as wanting to play in the NFL. Do you care? (laughs) Personally, I I don't. Um, Personally, I don't. I think, you know, it. Kaepernick is a very polarizing figure. I, I, I appreciate his, I appreciate his, um, you know, standing up for what he believes in a hundred percent, you know, and he has a legitimate case in some instances. Uh, but you just spent the last five years calling the NFL a bunch of slave owners and you, right. you're, you're begging to come back. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and, and now you're, you're like, your tune has changed. Cause that was the big one was that, you know, you wanted to come back and you didn't want to be a backup. Well, now you said like, okay, I will be a backup. Right. It reeks of desperation. Right. Um, you know, do I think, you know, does he deserve a shot on an NFL team? 100% he does. You know, there's a giant media circus that's going to follow. That's going to be, you know, unfortunately it will take over the story of the team, but you know, should Kaepernick get a shot? Absolutely should. Um, my thing is this though, and, and I get it. It's one of those playing by the rules kind of things. Um, when it comes to, to, to guys like that who are, um, you know, his last NFL season was not very good, right? It was, it was statistically, it wasn't very good. His last couple seasons were not very good. He only really has like a two, a really good body of work for like a two year stretch. I don't have the stats in front of me, but, um, you know, they're okay. We'll give you a tryout. You got to, you know, play by our rules and this and that. No, I'm going to go to a high school and do a throwing session, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, he didn't want it. He wanted like an exorbitant amount of money from like XFL, like AAF. And obviously those didn't pan out, but man, if he he wanted more money than the league itself was worth. Yes. That true. You know, if you want to go be, you know, from undesirable to undeniable, you go out there and you put film in live game speed and you, you, you show off, you show out. You know, you throw in a wide open receivers with no defense coming at you, no offensive line, just no no game flow. I can do that, right? I I mean, I can do that. And I I will never sniff an NFL field in my life. The only time if I have to pay for a stadium tour, that's the only time I'm ever gonna get on an NFL field. Right. But you know what I mean? You have to show the, the competency. And if you listen, if you go and dominate an XFL or if you like the USFL or something, or one of these, the, I know they're bottom tier. You become undeniable. You have to take a step back to, to go forward. Yeah. James Winston wanted $30 million a year from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple years ago. They're like, nah, that ain't happening. He took a step back. He made a million dollars per season with the saints. And now they they just paid him 14 million. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things, it, but largely every single off season, it's a topic that goes nowhere and it's just clickbait. It stirs up people, you know, give me shit, whatever, give me yeah. shit, give me a shot. You know, it's either sink or swim, sink or swim. There's always going to be excuses, uh, you know, for, for, or against. And, but yeah, it's exhausting that every, every single year, this, it, 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 it becomes something and it just goes nowhere. The Washington football team is in shambles and is just an unmitigated joke. And now there's even, even more like possibly like, you know, money laundering and tampering and like shareholder deception and shit. Do you care? Uh, Dan Snyder should have been removed a long time ago. So technically I, I, I do not <laughs> as far as, so like he should have been gone a long time ago. This dude, Dan Snyder's just absolute trash. So get him out. Um, and rebuild and rebuild just a historically relevant franchise. That's just been in shambles for years. It is. Yeah. It's been a long time. This, this was like the cream of the crop, like back in the early days, of the NFL, like forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, even eighties, early nineties. But since then it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. That whole, whole franchise is embarrassing. I feel for their 12 fans. <laughs> including one of them on our show one of them on, one of them on two points so uh trent brown has 1.5 million dollars of incentives in his new contract with the patriots based on his weight do you care good for him uh, <laughs> i mean this is cheeseburger ready all over again so i i don't know uh and in the immortal words of my 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 king Jay Cutler, don't care. <laughs> my uh, I I love that one. It didn't work for Pablo Sandoval in the MLB. Um, it worked for like he he made it through, made the roster, and then as soon as he was on the roster and active, he just he stopped caring, yeah. and he played and, and he ate his way out of the league. But and I you know if you I'm sorry if you have to put a monetary value on a guy as being in shape to play for you, he probably shouldn't be playing for you, and that's just my take on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, dude. Eddie Lacy, fifty-five thousand dollars for every five or ten pounds he dropped. Yeah, like where the fuck did I go wrong in life? No kidding. <laughs> you know, I could drop five pounds like nothing. Fifty-five <laughs> grand—that's about as much as I make in a year working where I at and where I'm at. <laughs> you right? know, that would be amazing money. Uh, uh, NFL media personnel are getting flack for insensitive tweets on certain topics. Do you care? this is tough because we're kind of in this world. So, and we, and we do insensitively tweet from time to time. I don't believe, I don't believe either two point or hat stats and stats have taken it to the step that like, no, we are not anywhere near Scheffner's level. No, but we also didn't go anywhere near crossing the line the way he did. No, Schefter was, that was bad. Schefter's done a lot of bad shit lately. Um, the last couple of years, just, just for clicks again, and, and for relevancy, spoiled Andrew Luck's retirement, spoiled Tom Brady's retirement, well, pseudo retirement. And that was like the last thing, like, it was just so unnecessary. Like you just did not have to, we know, all right. If, if people are following Adam Schefter for his football stuff, we know what, what Dwayne Haskins career has been so far. You right. don't have to put fuel on the, you know, the add fuel the to the fire. fire. Um, it, it's wrong place, wrong time, wrong place, wrong time. 
the Gilbrand thing was awful, and the apologies were just even more sickening. So yeah, um, yeah, I guess but, care but a little bit. You, you you do care, but like, I do care about that because there's this like this industry. There should be this industry standard, and it's with all media and like just regular like political news and stuff. He just he just like to just dig in and get. It's all about the clicks. I mean, literally, I know firsthand like sports reporters like around here it's literally they don't give a shit about the content what's you know whether it's right or wrong it's about the clicks and yep. uh it's it's literally destroyed like they it, it's ruined a lot of things let's just say that uh in the age of social media and and going on things on clicks um players have started not only recruiting other players or attempting to recruit other players via social media but then sharing their opinion on the abilities of other players on social media, some of which are very blatantly untrue. Uh, you know, we've seen guys come out and say player a is just, he's a dog. He's the best player in the league. You know, give this man a shot. It's like, bro, he's had a shot for five years and he sucks. <laughs> so players opinions on other players on social media. Do you care? I don't care. I know now, as far <laughs> as players, that's all just looking out for your brother. I, right. if they don't pass the eye test of watching football every single day, uh, the, the eye test or maybe even just a little examination it, they're not it sorry sam darnold just said he's proven he's a good quarterback i no, like th- that was a thing recently too and it it just just no people defending carson wentz you know uh, colts players defending carson wentz and stuff and it's of uh, the fans that I, you know i've gotten arguments with defending carson wentz fuck off all right they're not in the playoffs they went nine and eight they took a step back and carson wentz sucks so th- that's that's it. Stemming off of that, players have come out on social media saying that Lamar Jackson deserves to be the highest paid player in NFL history. <laughs> Do you care? Oh, we're hitting the hard ones today. We're 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 coming at you. We're coming at you legit. This is difficult. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, go get your money, go get your bag. But highest paid player in NFL history? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I and I agree with that one. I mean, the dude did have an MVP season. His first one downhill. Year. He's gone downhill. Um, is if he would have kept that pace, without question, he hasn't. He's had he's gotten knocked around a little bit. He's gotten beaten up. I I don't know. He's he's a guy that he's to me floating around the six to ten range in quarter in NFL quarterback rankings. There's days that's being generous, and I don't think that guy deserves to be the top paid guy in the league. Just saying. No, forty million minimum. Yes, like I don't take any more less than forty million. Lamar again. It's it's leadership, it's branding, and stuff like that. Lamar Jackson is one of the most you know popular quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, he has that, you know, uh, again, on field Mike Vick aura about him, where yep. whether you know whether you're a Ravens fan or not, people love you. Or every, love him, and every time you touch the ball, you got a shot to do something electric with it. Exactly. So that that comes into play. Forty million. It, I, yeah, I, I think he should be in the forty million dollar club. Um, he's definitely the the best quarterback that the Ravens have had in some time. Joe Flacco I, is elite, you bastard. I know he is, but <laughs> also Lamar Jackson is not too shabby as well. Bad season, bad season last year. Okay, but largely not bad. So. Last but not least, uh, it has come out. It has come to light that Tom Brady tried to retire to become a front office personnel for the Dolphins, to then unretire after 
wooing certain players, coaches, and other talent to Miami to play for the Dolphins, which was then allegedly spoiled by the by the the text to the text uh, from Bill Belichick. Do you care? Uh, would it have been cool to see an uh, a NFL owner in some sense on field football? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But largely, largely no. Tom Brady. The, Tom Brady is immortal, and he's just plenty of time to be an NFL owner in any any light. So I think he'll be all right. But largely, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I listen. If if this if this story is true. And like that is, and every step of that, that of that timeline is true. That the the Bill Belichick's text put a kibosh on the whole thing. Like, I, oh my god, this is Game of Thrones level like chicanery, and I'm and I'm here for it. Do I think it's, do I think it's true to the T? No. Do I? Some of that story is a lie. Is it something that Brady probably kicked the can about? Sure. But like, I mean, it came out after Brady retired that if he wanted to come back, Bruce Arians and the Bucks would be like, yeah, we're not doing that. We still own your rights. Like, right. So I, I don't know how that would have all panned out. It's a great story. But at the end of the day, Brady's a buck and that's the end of it. And that's the end of it. And so I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was a it was a long shot. It was a long shot to happen anyways. So, well, and with that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode of hats, tats and stats. Uh, my man, Matt, take your time, plug your stuff and uh, do the thing. <sighs> well, I've, I've been cutting back on a lot of shows lately. So, um, so that's, so it takes a little bit less time. Uh, ultimately the two point conversation, that is my pride and joy uh, when it comes to podcasting. It's five days a week. It's sometimes six days a week. Uh, and it's, yeah, you can find it. Same network, BICBP-radio.com. We have, we mix things up. We have fun. It's not just straight football talk. It's not people arguing. That's what myself and shows like this, you know, uh, pride themselves on. It's not the anti-ESPN, um, just arguing bullshit. We try to keep things fun. Uh, we do game shows. We're literally about to record trivia night in about, 40 minutes uh, our trivia game show so um just little things like that that's 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 my pride and joy but overall just go check out our network bicbp-radio.com uh podcast for everyone we love to uh we love to, to to push that narrative because there's a lot we have a lot of different uh shows a lot of different unique hosts everybody's different everybody different personality different perspectives so uh so yeah bicbp-radio.com and with that, Hat Stats and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network at www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on Facebook, social media all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Hat Stats and Stats podcast, Twitter, and Instagram at, at HTS underscore pod. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, do all the cool stuff. Uh, Matt, it was a pleasure having you, a pleasure talking to you again. Awesome, can't, wait great. Be, can't wait to be back on the two-point conversation doing this type of discussion every week with you. And... Uh, with that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in to Hat Stats and Stats. We'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, come on now. Here we go, bud. Let's go put the ball in play here. And a boy, dig, 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 dig. You're out. What? Oh, my God. Man.
Can you believe that game ended on such a bad call? You know, I sure can, Coach. But you know what's never a bad call? Tuning into the Tip of the Cap podcast on the BICBP Radio Network, Western New York's first and only prep baseball podcast. Tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or at www.bicbp-radio.com and check out all the action. It'll be the best call you've made all year.